0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're gonna be talking about um the Lizzie Borden murders. So most of you should have heard about them, I assume. I don't know, there's a whole nursery rhyme about it, so Yeah, I would repeat it but I don't know it.
1: I don't know in my head.
0: Lizzie Borden. Something killed her father with an axe. Thirty waxes in there somewhere. Something like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, Alyssa can recite it on cue, though. She my, got it on deck. My dad can too. We bring him in here. <laughs> him over. He's got it. <laughs> Special guest. Special guest. My dad. That's so funny. all right. Um, Emily, how would you rate your pain today? Today. So, mine's very specific. There's this movie called My Girl from the 90s. Okay. Maybe 80s. I don't know. It's older, and in this movie, spoiler alert, (laughs) the kid gets stung by bees and dies because he's allergic. I'm also allergic. And I feel like my brain has been stung by all those bees, and it is also rusty. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, this is gonna be a fun episode for you. Exactly, I'm gonna have a hard time reading, paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> It'll add to the ambiance. Exactly. If anything. Um, for me today, I feel like people have been using my abdomen as like a half pipe. Oh, fun! Yeah, I didn't like up and down. down. Yeah. <laughs> very fun all right let's take care of our disclaimer so this podcast contains sensitive material such as violence murder paranormal activity and other adult topics so listener discretion is advised while we do research all of our episodes we are just two emily's with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky take it with a grain of salt all of our sources will be linked in the show notes <laughs> So I'm gonna get us started today with the kind of initial story of what happened on this particular day and then we'll get into more of like um, the theories about it. Mm-hmm. Alright, so this happened on August 4th, 1892. So just to give you a little bit of background, this is the Victorian era. Meaning no AC, big long skirts for the women, lots of lots of layers. Um, very fun day to live mm-hmm. in 1892. It sounds terrible. I would never think you could. <laughs> no. <laughs> so John Morse arrived in the evening of August 3rd and slept in the guest room that night. After breakfast the next morning, at which Andrew, Abby, Lizzie. And Morris and the Bordens, made Bridget slash Maggie Sullivan, were present. Okay, let's introduce our characters really fast. That was a lot of names. Andrew is the dad. Abby is the stepmom. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, our main character of the story, one of the daughters. Um, Morse, John Morse, their uncle. Bridget slash Maggie Sullivan. She was the maid. Also, there is a sister. Her name's Emma, but she's not present at the house. Yes. Supposedly. Supposedly. So, Andrew and John went to the sitting room where they chatted for nearly an hour Um, John left around 8.48 a.m. to buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece in Fall River, planning to return to the Borden home for lunch at noon. Andrew left for his morning walk sometime after 9 a.m. Although the cleaning of the guest room was one of Lizzie and Emma's regular chores, Emma being her sister, Abby went upstairs sometime between 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. to make the bed. According to the forensic investigation, Abby was facing her killer at the time of the attack. She was first struck on the side of her head with a hatchet, which cut her just above the ear, causing her to turn and fall face down on the floor, creating contusions on her nose and forehead. Her killer then struck her multiple times, delivering 17 more direct hits to the back of her head, killing her. Ouch. Yeah, that's a terrible (laughs) way to go. I didn't know about the little scrape above her ear, though. Yeah. That's the, that was the initial blow. I'm pretty sure she was dead after that one. That's good, though. Because I've seen pictures of the skulls, and, like, the side of her head is, like, it's, like, a complete hole from the initial okay. blow, which I just, is crazy. Because I've also seen the photos, I just didn't know whose skull was whose. Gotcha. Know. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So, when Andrew returned around 1130, his key failed to open the door, so he knocked. Sullivan went to unlock the door, finding it jammed. She uttered a curse. She would later testify that she heard Lizzie laughing. immediately after this. She did not see Lizzie, but stated that the laughter was coming from the top of the stairs. No. Uh. No. The top of the stairs. What kind of S- demons up <laughs> there So this was considered significant as Abby was already dead by this time. It's 1030. Mm -hmm. Um, And her body would have been visible to anyone on the home's second floor. Lizzie later denied being upstairs and testified that her father had asked her where Abby was, to which she replied that a messenger had delivered Abby a summons to visit a sick friend. Like, that's, like, our first lie. Uh, because we just watched um, a fun little YouTube video of someone who's been to the Lizzie Borden house, and a part of the tour was that she had her lay in the spot where the body was found. Mm-hmm. And from the top of the stairs, through the banister, you can see the body from under the bed. As you're yeah. coming up the stairs. So even if she was at the top of the stairs, she would have easily seen it. Like, there's no way could There's no it. way. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's really weird. So Lizzie stated that she had then removed Andrew's boots and helped him into his slippers before he laid down on the sofa for a nap. A detail contradicted by the crime scene photos, which show Andrew wearing boots. Hmm. I remember seeing that in the photos as well. She then informed Sullivan of a department store sale and offered her permission to attend, but Sullivan felt unwell and went to take a nap in her bedroom instead. Okay. Sullivan's the maid, right? my I still- Yeah, okay. you're good. I also have to think about it. I was like, Sullivan? I'm just making sure. So Sullivan testified that she was in her third floor room resting from cleaning windows when... Just before 11:10 a.m., she heard Lizzie call from downstairs, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Andrew was slumped on the couch in the downstairs sitting room, struck 10 or 11 times with a hatchet-like weapon. One of his eyes had been con- spit, sw- split cleanly in two, suggesting that he had been asleep when attacked. His still-bleeding wounds suggested a very recent attack. Dr. Bowen, the family's physician, arrived from his home across the street and pronounced both victims dead. Detective, detectives estimated that Andrew's death had occurred at approximately 11 a.m yeah <laughs> i have many issues with this a lot of issues it's not consistent at all there's zero consistencies it's very strange but like that's this entire case though i know the whole thing is like i guess that's why people still talk about it and it's like the fact that she called down the maid and was like oh my gosh someone came in and killed dad and when they came down there was still blood flowing mm-hmm that is crazy recent if it had been that recent, when she had seen the killer? Yeah, she would have seen it, or the killer had to find a hiding spot and wait for or everyone to clear out. they would have heard. Out. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so, Lizzie Borna's initial answers to the police officer's questions were at times strange and contradictory. We're already seeing that. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, she reported hearing a groan or a scraping noise or a distress call before entering the house. Two hours later, she told police she heard nothing and entered the house, not realizing anything was wrong. When asked where her stepmother was, she recounted Abby receiving a note and asking a note asking her to visit a sick friend. She also stated that she thought Abby had returned and asked if someone could go upstairs and look for her. Sylvan and a neighbor, Mrs. Churchill, were halfway up the stairs, their eyes level with the floor, when they looked into the guest room and saw Abby lying face down on the floor. Like we said earlier, yeah, top of the stairs, you can freaking see it. When you're eye level with the floor, you can see everything on the floor. Yeah, girl. So. Most know. of the officers who interviewed Borden reported that they disliked her attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Some said she was too calm and poised. Despite her attitude and changing alibis, no one bothered to check her for The Police did search her room, but it was, um... A cursory inspection at the trial, they admitted not doing a proper search because Borden was not feeling well. They were subsequently criticized for their lack of diligence. Uh stuff. In the basement, police found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. The hatchet head was suspected of being the murder weapon as the break in the handle appeared fresh and the ash and dust on the head, unlike that on the other bladed tools, appeared to have been deliberately applied to make it look as if it had been on the basement for some time. Hmm. However, now these tools were removed from the house um, because of the mysterious illness that had shaken the household before the murders, the family's milk, and Andrew's... Whoa. Okay. So, just a little backdrop. Uh, So, Lizzie told investigators that they had all been sick, and she suspected their milk had been poisoned? Yes. As one's milk happens to... I don't understand that. Like, there's just better things you could say but um so they took out both stomachs of um abby and andrew and they tested for poison and there was nothing also it should be noted that their bodies were taken away and then tested on and no one bothered to tell the family so like a week later they got skulls back you know yeah they removed both heads Uh uh-huh and also they had both skulls in the courtroom Yeah, because... Which makes me laugh. The way they did it (laughs) was so bad. They would have to boil everything off and it's like, here you go. These are the skulls now. Good luck. And it's like, it makes you wonder if they documented everything properly before they literally boiled them. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Because nothing was done right. They also, people were saying that Lizzie um, was trying to purchase um, some sort of acid from a drugstore mm-hmm. to like clean her furs but no one ever really confirmed that no but i know it's it's hearsay essentially it is because i also heard like emma was in on it or like emma was trying to buy it as well mm-hmm. so it's like mm. it's just definitely really strange yeah so finally like a few days after the murder the police conducted a more thorough search of the house they inspected um a sister's clothing and they confiscated the broken handled Hatchethead. That evening, a police officer and the mayor visited the Bordens and Lizzie informed them that she was a suspect in the murders. The next morning, Russell entered the kitchen to find Borden tearing up a dress. She explained that she was planning to put it on fire because it was covered in paint. It was never never determined whether it was the dress that she had been wearing on the day of the murders. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much all we got on the day itself. That day was just bizarre. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, everything about it is just confusing and weird and, like, the police were like... They handled it really weirdly. I know it's... They did. 1892. And they, like, stayed the night in the house, like, the days following... So they were like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's really weird, and they didn't even say why. Like, if they were trying to like monitor the family, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but some little background on Lizzie's like relationship. It said that Lizzie did not get along with her stepmother. So like, if she yeah. had, they didn't get along. They didn't get. She didn't get along with her father either. Mm-hmm. And they had falling out years before the murder occurred. Lizzie and her sister, sister <laughs> Emma Borden. <laughs> were also known to have conflicts with their father. They disagreed with this decision regarding the division of their family's property. Her father was also responsible for killing her pigeons that were housed in the family barn. (laughs) The pigeons. I don't know why pigeons. pigeons. (laughs) Wasn't it also said that, like, Lizzie wanted to live in, like, the nicer part of town, but her father was, like, no? Yeah, she, he was a rich person. Oh, yeah. But he was very, like, frugal. So just before the murders occurred, the entire family fell ill. Like Emily said, since Mister Borden was not well liked, uh, Missus Borden believed foul play was involved. Although Missus Borden believed that they had been poisoned, it was discovered that they ingested contaminated meat and contracted food poisoning. That was very common for the time as well. Yeah, eighteen ninety-two. They did not you know, have great They didn't <laughs> have great preservation mm-hmm. um, tactics back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> that was, like, when a lot of people would get sick. That's before the FDA was a thing. hmm Rip. So if we wanted to get into theories now... Yes, let's do that. We can start with Lizzie did it, because clearly this whole thing's a mess. It is, and everything, everything like, all the circumstantial evidence points to Lizzie, and that's what the initial trial... Was based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know, she was tried for the murder, but it was all purely circumstantial. So yeah. she was never really convicted because it was all circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Also, just to note, during the trials, um, she was prescribed morphine for the <laughs> nerves, which Aww. makes me laugh so hard because it's like, no wonder her story was like her story was so off as well as like her behavior in the courtroom was so erratic like she would straight up refuse to answer questions even if they were for her benefit and mm-hmm. she'd be like no and then <laughs> she's having morphine there's coke in their coca-cola seriously it's just this whole mixture and it's so funny though like, you know if she needs morphine yeah she needs morphine <laughs> Like, meanwhile, these days, women are really lucky to get painkillers when they go to the ER. What is this? I don't know. (laughs) And also, like we said, the skulls were in the courtroom, Mm -hmm. and, like, at one point, the sheet, like, fell off of them, and she fainted. Oh, yeah, I forgot she fainted in court. I'm like, I'm here for the drama. Can you imagine? They actually called the trial at the time the Great Trial. It's, I heard it compared to the O.J. Simpson trial of people our were of hype. Their day. People were Yeah. People were hype. It's like how people are following the Johnny Depp case right now. Yeah. That's like all that people are talking about. I'm not gonna lie, I spent the majority of my day watching the trial. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to cover it when it's done. Yeah, or not. Or not. <laughs> I guess we'll see. It might be overdone by then. I don't know, just...
1: Anyway. Anyways,
0: about this trial. <laughs> um, so, I actually found a website called Famous Trials. Mm-hmm. And on this trial, or on this website, they have, like, different subsections. And this one's called 14 Reasons Why Lizzie Did It. So, I'll try to get through these pretty quickly because some of them are pretty in-depth. But the first one is, if not Lizzie, then you know. Only Lizzie had a good opportunity to commit the murders. At the time of her mother's murder, around 9.30 a.m. It's not her mother, but... They say that, so we're just going to continue. Household guest John Morris was visiting relatives. Sister Emma was out of town, Andrew Borden was running errands around town, and the maid was outside washing windows. Only Lizzie was known to be in the house at the time of Abby's murder. To commit both murders, an outside intruder would have either hide in the house for 90 minutes or depart without ever being seen. Mm -hmm. And or depart without being seen. Both are really difficult. Yeah, so... She was still the only one in the house when Abby Mm -hmm. was murdered because technically the maid was outside. It also begs the question of, like, I wonder if possibly someone could have been hired. Mm -hmm. Because she could have easily had a plan, like, let them in, let them out. No questions asked. Yeah. But also, it's kind of weird that if the maid was outside and she was upstairs, she could have well killed Abby in her room. But Mm -hmm. we know that when you walk up the stairs, you can see the body floor level. Yeah. So if she had gone up to take a nap, like she said, that's where she was when her father was being murdered, she would have had to pass. it She would have, yeah, which is really weird. And it also makes me think, like, even while Abby was being killed and her father being killed, how did she not hear anything? Well, she she was like, I was taking a nap. (laughs) And like, you're not sleeping that hard. To be fair, I might have slept that hard. I slept through smoking. Knocked through an axe (laughs) burger. You're you're probably right. 13 wax to at least one person. I think it was actually 17 to Abby. Okay, fine. That's a lot. Anyways, it's just fishy. That's not quiet, mama. No, it's not. It's It's just all whack. It also makes you think, like, if she was involved, if the maid was involved, Mm -hmm. or it was more like, hey, don't say anything. Hey, keep your mouth quiet, and I'll let you live at my future house, you know? Yeah. So on the second one, it says it looks like an inside job. Police found no signs of forced entry into the Borden's home. mm mm-hmm. um, And nothing appeared to have been stolen. No stranger is seen entering or leaving the Borden house the morning of the murders. And like you said earlier, the police were there the whole time. Yeah. Like, as soon as Abby was- not Abby, Lizzie called for help or whatever, people were in the house 24-7 mm-hmm. at that point. So it would have been really weird for someone to have, like- tiptoed their way out of the house yeah and also the fact that the crime scene was contaminated so early on as well yeah like their family doctor from across the street was there when the blood was still flowing mm-hmm. the family doctor the family doctor it's just all really really strange yeah but it's also the 1800s yes yeah, so there was no like dna evidence no. not the same police work there is now but like you still can contaminate like where things are How things are going on, you can get your story straight in that amount of time. They didn't even, um, check her for blood. They said, Lizzie, go take a nap. We got this. Fine, don't worry about it. (laughs) And the third point is, although Lizzie claimed to have been downstairs at the very time her mother was violently being murdered, she said she heard no alarming noises, despite her mother having been struck multiple times with an axe and falling to the floor like that's a big thud her dad was allegedly already on the couch Mm -hmm. but abby would have had to like smack the ground and then continue to like beat her up with the axe that's hitting the ground that's not quiet no skulls skulls aren't quiet i'm sorry friends i know that's super graphic (laughs) but it's like things we have to consider here yeah as skeptics Ooh, and then we already talked about her purchasing the acid. Mm -hmm. So number five is on the night before the murders, Lizzie visited a neighbor, Alice Russell, and told her that she feared that someone unidentified, an unidentified enemy of her father's, might soon try to kill him. The night before. (laughs) She's like, hey, oh, heads up. Yeah, like, watch out. (laughs) That's funny. And then Lizzie told police that while she was alone in the house with her mother on the morning of the murder, a messenger came with a note, which is what you stated before. Yeah. So people just assumed she had left. Mm-hmm. and they just assume like they're not even gonna try like looking like, around the oh, house that's fine. which is why someone could have hid i guess yeah but... they also had a cellar yeah like you can hide there's technically four stories i think to the house it seems like a really big house lots yeah. of rooms i, I also think it's just taller than it is wider though it is not an open floor plan as well yeah so that I seems think... easier to hide a person for you Just sneak your way around the shadows. <laughs> I went all thin by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and number seven is when Bridget, the maid, came back inside. After having finished washing windows around ten thirty, she reported hearing a muffled laugh coming from upstairs, just like you said. She assumed it's so scary. it was Lizzie but like creepy little laughing. Ew. But also I just thought it was funny that like she couldn't open the door and she cursed and she heard the laugh. Ew. Ew. (laughs) That's what's going on up there. It really is. (laughs) And then the next one is, at the time of the murder of Andrew Borden, Lizzie claimed to have been in the loft of the backyard barn for 15 to 20 minutes looking for lead sinkers for a fishing excursion. Police found the loft so stiflingly hot that it was difficult to believe anyone would voluntarily remain in such a place for 20 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. They also found no footprints in the lot that could yeah. give any substance to Lizzie's story. They did say that um, this day in August was one of, like, the most hot days in a while. Like, it's particularly hot. It's Massachusetts. It's hot and muggy and gross. And, like, again, 1800s. There's not much of an AC going on there. hmm That's terrible. And then I'm going to bring up the pigeons again because they're my favorite part of the story. Okay. I learned about the pigeons today, for reference. Like, I'd never heard anything about the pigeons. I haven't heard about it, and I've heard about this case quite a bit. Uh, yeah, same. So I was just really surprised. It's really weird. And this is, like, the third mention I've read, and it's... They're like, okay, but these pigeons. Yeah. Lizzie was outraged, for example, when her father beheaded pigeons in the barn loft for which he'd built a roost. Like, he's just snapping the heads off the pigeons? That's what I'm confused about. Like... It's my friend, it's mean, but I'm gonna go whack his head off now, you know? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. She also, like, did not like him, but... Yeah, but I guess it could be a trigger. I don't know. Like, final straw. Not my pigeons, bro. Uh, no, thank you. We can't. <laughs> and the week before the murders, following an apparent family argument, Lizzie and her sister left Fall River by coach for New Bedford. When Lizzie returned, she chose to stay in a rooming house for four days rather than in her own room which is kind of weird like what are you hiding friend It's really weird i would just want to crash in my room Mm -hmm. and then 13 is immediately after the discovery of her parents bodies lizzie sent various persons who came to help off on various errands it seems strange that a woman would choose to remain alone in a house if she thought a murder might be on like on the loose yeah that makes sense she's like you go do this you go do this i'm gonna stay home by myself like, I guess... Like she was not bothered. Yeah, like, if she was grieving, I guess, but she also, like, confronted everyone around her, like, there's murder on the loose. We're being poisoned. Why would you want to be by yourself? She's really weird. She all around just seems a little, a little off. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the burning of the dress. Like... Yeah. That's weird. And it was that August 7th, so it's only three days after. Mm-hmm. Oh. But okay, so this is, this comes into why I have a really hard time believing that Lizzie was the one that did it. Is there a lot of circumstantial evidence around her? Absolutely. Yeah. Does her story add up? No. no. Not at any part does it add up. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But she was seen fifteen minutes after um her father's murder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no blood on her clothes. So. Let's talk, let's talk forensics for a second, Okay. So her father was hit at least 11 times mm-hmm. in, in the face. At least. At least. And this was after supposedly she killed her stepmom, mm-hmm. who was hit 17 times. Yes. In the head. Mm-hmm. Head wounds bleed so much more than any wound anywhere else on the body because your body sends more blood to your brain because you need to live and stuff. I guess, yes. Um. So, when that happens, when you're brutally bludgeoned in the head, it literally sprays out. There is so much blood happening. Yes, Emily, she's raising her hand. I am raising my hand. Also, not only is it at, it's from several different angles, is what yes. I'm trying to get at. Like, yes. She would have to be wearing the same dress or not wearing any clothes if you're from 1892. Mm hmm. But you still are like, murdering these people like all over the place something's gotta give it's two different rooms Mm -hmm. like and their dresses are so long there's so many layers there's like dresses petticoats corsets bloomers bloomers there is so much blood it would have soaked through the layers her arms and her hands would have been caked there would have been spray on her face and in her hair even like not to be gross, but like skull fragments chopped easily. Her father's nose chopped off. His mm-hmm. eye cut in half. There was like a hole in his face. It was eye was dangling down. <laughs> it was bad, mama. like I know. The, like all of the tissue and the matter would have been all over her. Mm-hmm. It is the 1800s. It is so hard to get those dresses off by yourself. And clean it up without anyone noticing. How were there not any footprints in the blood? There were no skirt trails. Mm-hmm. Nothing. People say, though, because they did find a chamber pot, it's going to be gross, but mm-hmm. not really that gross, because deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a chamber pot full of blood in the basement or something. Mm-hmm. But Lizzie said it was because she was menstruating. Because, like, they did, find, totally believable. Yeah, they did find a dot or something, like, a single drop of blood on her skirt. But I don't think it was the same day. And also, mm-hmm. I feel like you would need more than one chamber pot to get rid of all of that. <laughs> 100%. And if she, okay, so if she burned the dress three days later, right? Mm-hmm. Supposedly the dress three days later. She would have had to store it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It would have been sopping wet with blood. Where would that have gone? Or crusty, and you would have smelled it. It would have been all crusty and nasty somewhere in the closet or under her bed. They would have known. Mm -hmm. That's why I have such a hard time with it, because it's like, where did all of the physical evidence go? They thought they found the hatchet in the basement because there was, it was like cleanly, um, or like recently broken. Yeah. Why wasn't it covered in blood? If the wood was, like, unsealed Mm -hmm. with, like, it didn't have rubber on it or anything, it would have been stained with blood. Yes. The whole whole... weapon would have been caked and nasty. Yeah. I just really don't believe that that was the murder weapon. Is it weird that it was broken off and it looked new? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, they lived on a farm. Yeah. Stuff happens. Apparently, he's cutting off dove heads, or pigeon heads, yeah, so it's like... Yeah, like, I just, I have a really hard time with that. I do, too. I honestly, okay, does it, does any of her story add up? No. No. Is she highly sus? Absolutely. She I, even could be, like, a mastermind behind it. She definitely could. She could have definitely hired someone. But I don't think she actually did the murder. I don't think so, either. That's too much in a 15-minute time span. Could she potentially be behind it? Yeah. For sure. Also, Emily, Yes. let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's say she did commit the murder. She has all this blood all over her. Yes. She comes up with a way to clean it off, dispose of the dress in time. Like, that would be highly calculated. Everything would have to go so fast. She would have had this plan in motion. Like, highly calculated, highly organized. Why wouldn't her story then also be calculated and organized? Exactly. It does not compute no. Because highly organized killers also have highly organized stories because they have thought every single detail out. The bigger it the lie, the bigger the excuse. not add up. <laughs> yeah. I truly don't think she was the one that committed the murders. Does she have something to do with it? I think so. A hundred percent. Like, I don't think she's, like, completely free of this. Like, mm-hmm. I know she didn't do it, but that doesn't mean she didn't hire someone, was in cahoots with someone. We don't know. Definitely. Like, her and her sister could have easily put this together. The maid. Her uncle. And, like, they had good reason, too, because, like, back in those days, like, when, like, your parents die, you get a massive dowry. Mm-hmm. And you can go buy yourself a house in that part of town you've always wanted to live in, which is exactly what they did, actually, which is kind of yeah. sick. I think they did it when they did it because the uncle was a lawyer, I think. I'm not sure of his profession. But they were trying to change the will of Mm -hmm. the father to fit Abby a little bit better, but then he just so happens to die. Ooh. They both both die after the will is changed or in the process of being changed. Also, it's worth mentioning to me. Mm -hmm. So we watched this YouTube video, as we have stated. They did um, some ghost hunting in the room where Abby was murdered, in the spot where she was murdered. Mm -hmm. So they had um, a spirit box... Which it flips through frequencies of radio channels. And basically, the idea is is that spirits can use their energy to guide um, the spirit box to different sounds. So it is flipping through radio stations, but supposedly it's guiding it to different words to create answers. Yeah. So they asked, um, they asked Abby who killed her. Mm -hmm. And it said in a very angry voice. It It was John.
1: John. (laughs) It was John.
0: Who was the uncle? Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't either. I think I talked to my sister Melanie about this. Shout out, Melanie. (laughs) Um, I think it was you. If not, I'm sorry. Like, the uncle definitely had something to do with it. Because, like, he just so happens to be in town and out of the house when this happens. You know? Like, I come back at noon. Everyone's dead before noon. It's really weird. Like, he had such a solid alibi as well. And it was actually said in this episode that before he was in his current profession at the time, Mm -hmm. he was a butcher. Yeah. He would know how to clean up blood. He supposedly would have something like a butcher's apron. Mm -hmm. He would know how to not leave footprints, which there were none. And he could just as well be in it with Emma and Lizzie. And if Lizzie's by herself, he could easily get up the stairs, whack Abby, while Lizzie's keeping everyone else distracted, and then kills the dad, gets Mm -hmm. out of there, goes to wherever Emma's staying at, changes his clothes, and comes back at noon, or whenever he gets there, and is like, oh my gosh, this tragic thing happened. Absolutely, like, I just, I I see that very easily happening. I don't doubt that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. In my mind, that's, like, the thing that happened, just because the ghost told me so. Exactly. It was John. It was John. I Honestly, like, I think it's a viable theory. I think so, That John did it. They said that, like, he had, like, a really solid alibi, but it's, like... Did he? They also didn't really investigate this case very well at all. So did Emma, but she also got money from her father's death. Yeah, 100%. After, like, this whole thing happened and, like, you know, Lizzie was set free, they, they got a nice house together and they lived together for a long time. Yeah. So, I'm gonna take this to Reddit. There was... There's a huge Reddit, uh, thread... Mm -hmm. on like did Lizzie did it and everyone's like yeah it was 100% Lizzie but then this person listed like a freaking bible I'm watching her turn the pages and it's like a whole essay mama it is I won't go through all of them but I'll mention a few of them while we're still here on the subject yes so they start off with saying there's very little to suggest she is guilty just like everyone's saying facts there are many misconceptions about this case and perhaps that is understandable because it makes for a better story Mm-hmm. So then they list a few of them. The pigeons! <laughs> yeah. They made it first on the list! <laughs> She's so excited. I love the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they say these were not pets. They were kept as small game for food. Lizzie would have had no part in building their cooper, treating them as beloved pets. Sure, she may have found That's them true. cute. Right? Like the pigeons. Um, but at the end of the day, they were birds that were food. Their necks would be wrong and they would have been dinner. We have to remember cultural re- uh, Relative, I can't say that word. Relatives? Sure. Okay. In a situation like this, and not like a house pet. Like, yeah. you can't keep them as house pets. Like, she was a woman of status. She
1: uh-huh. wouldn't really
0: be going into the barn a whole lot. Yeah, so Lizzie, they go on to say that Lizzie would not have been upset by her father ringing the birds' necks because the pigeons. Mm-hmm. As much as I love a good pigeon and I love <laughs> all my furry, fuzzy, feathered friends, it happens. Yeah. Um. And then the next one is a really large one, the money, the whole reasoning behind it. Yes. Um. Lizzie already lived comfortably. Like, yeah, yeah. she was on, like, a tight budget or had, like, a small allowance or whatever. I don't know how it worked. <laughs> um, She probably had some sort of allowance. Yeah, like, you can see photos of her. She's, like, well-kept. Like, her clothes are nice. They lived in a relatively large house. Like, her... Her hair was well done, her dress was tailored, like, they lived comfortably. Yeah, and it's, in here it says, I don't know how fact of the matter this is, this is Reddit. I mean, yeah. we can always look it up, but what yeah, I, absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lizzie had been treated to an extensive European tour by her father some years before the murder. That's dope. Yeah, so he's often called Stingy, but he was in fact simply um, a businessman. He just, that makes sense. He budgeted. Um, he paid and expected debts to be paid down to the penny. Um, at one point, there was some conflict in the family because he bought his new wife a house for her kin to live in. This dispute was settled by giving Lizzie and her sister their own house, which they rented out. Eventually, they tired of being landlords and sold the house back to their father. If one wants to claim financial motive, there's very little to go on. Lizzie was given a very comfortable allowance by a father with additional gifts, such as a European tour, mm-hmm. and her sister was also well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like, yeah, they would have gotten an inheritance when, they, when like, he died, but it wasn't like he wasn't taking care of them while he was also alive. hmm And then, because the acid is such a big thing, like, everyone always talks about it, mm-hmm. there's no credible evidence to suggest Lizzie ever even attempted the purchase. Like, it's all hearsay. That's true. Yeah. The claim is based only on an ear witness account for someone who had heard Lizzie's voice attempting to buy the poison. There are accounts of a dark-haired woman being seen attempting to buy poison shortly shortly before the murders. I can't speak English today, I'm sorry everyone. In fact, there was a sting operation occurring at the time with documentation that exists today to back it up. A dark-haired woman was sent to buy poison for coats, but she was part of an operation to see if the pharmacies in the area were willing to sell the acid without a prescription i can't say it but you can look up what the acid was i think it was actually cyanide uh it says pers persic p-r-u-s-s-i-c one of the articles i read said it was like a fancy name for cyanide see it's all just fancy fancy it is words just fancy <laughs> <laughs> take it yeah, as you want and, like the fact that um it was just an ear witness mm-hmm. and it was a dark-haired woman that could have been anyone yeah, that literally could have been anyone. It was very common for the time for people to have dark hair. Also, during the trial, the pharmacist um, incorrectly identified Lizzie. Mhm. <laughs> like how, how? What? Yeah. <laughs> no. It's just like that was completely thrown out, and they were also like it's irrelevant because they didn't die from poisoning. Mhm. They literally just had food poisoning a few days prior from bad meat. Bad meat. It's 1892. Everything tastes bad. They're experimenting. You know. Seriously. Um, And then the last one, they, well, they go on a couple, but they mention her personality. Mm -hmm. This one I have a hard time, like, agreeing with because most serial killers blend in really well. Absolutely. Even if she's not a serial killer. Uh, But the person goes on to say, She went on to live a quiet life and was loved and respected by her friends and employees. People who have murderous tendencies are often just bad people with obvious antisocial personality disorders. That's true. Some do hide in plain sight, but when, like, they make a production of showing everyone how good they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Lizzie had always been involved in her church and doing charity work, even before the murders. She even continued to discreetly be involved in the community afterwards. She set up a fund so poor members of the community could have certain luxury goods, such as sugar, She would send her car if someone was sick and needed to travel out of town to a doctor. She wrote a blank check to one of her employees so he could take care of his people. There are a few examples, but, like, she always continued to try to be a good member of society. Like, even after and before. Mm -hmm. the Murders just happened to be in her life. She didn't, like, move away. Yeah. The people who knew her in the years after the murder had nothing bad to say about her. Indeed, there is a treasure trove of Lizzie documents, pictures, letters, um and so on that are guarded by the families who knew her and loved her. They don't believe the public deserves to see the real Izzy because they are so obsessed with the murder story and the untrue rumors about the case that serve so badly to her character. hmm And, um, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. And, like, honestly, it's easy to see, um, like, she's a relatively young woman and, like, the police were immediately questioning her after this horrific event. It's easy to see how maybe she could, like, trip up and not exactly remember what was happening that day. Yeah, like, you panicked. I would be like, uh, I don't know. I had some soup. I have a terrible memory. (laughs) I can't even read words off the paper right now. You kidding me? Me and my chronic fatigue, like... (laughs) My migraines, like, what's going on? What day is it? no idea what's happening at any given time. Correct. Can you imagine trying to give a police report on what you did yesterday? I'm sitting here in silence because I don't know. I don't know either. I think I went to work yesterday. (laughs) I'm like, hold on. She says, I think. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh, oh I went to the doctor. Oh, that's a good alibi. I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't go to work yesterday, now that I'm thinking good about job. it. Good job. I clocked in. You can see my time. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, just briefly, I want to touch on a different theory. I had never heard of this one before. Okay. It's in a book written by Arnold Brown, Lizzie Borden, The Legend, The Truth, in The Final Chapter. According to Brown, there was an illegitimate son of Andrew Borden's, whom the family all knew about but never discussed. I actually heard about this in my research. Was not his name, William? Uh, yes. Wow, I'm so good. That's all I got. That is so good because I didn't Thank remember. <laughs> Just prior to the murders, both Lizzie and Emma had been angry with their father, who was apparently planning to disperse his fortune via his will in ways that would not be of great benefit to them like i said but Mm -hmm. with changes to the will looming lizzie contacted the illegitimate son named william to muster his help in persuading their father against it brown speculates that william not being very sound of mind had a particular hatred for abby whom he saw as having taken place of his own mother who should have been married to andrew borden which kind of makes sense you know yes while he was waiting for mr borden to return from town when he planned to confront him about the will, something ignited his fury, probably Abby mocking him or telling him that he had no chance of inheritance, which, I don't know saying, mm-hmm. and he killed her with a hatchet, which he carried with him at all times in a burlap bag. hmm Ew. That's sus. Yeah. Um. Not a hatchet. A hatchet in a burlap bag. Ew. A what? So That's he- some scout camp crap. Ew. That's how the Boy Scouts originated. <laughs> <laughs> William. you, William. Ugh. Um, so he waited for Mr. Borden to return, probably confronted him, and perhaps argued. Mr. Borden likely dismissed him, turned his back to him, and laid down on the sofa, ignoring the agitated Williams. His rage reignited. William then hacked his father to death and left the house. Indeed, there were some witnesses who saw an unknown man near the house just after the murders. He was never identified, though. I did hear about that. There was, like, a few people who were a little suspicious, but like, I think two of them were cleared. Mhm. Interesting. Yeah, and there's, um, some people speculate that Andrew was actually killed second. It doesn't really add up though because of pouring blood from his face, but like, it would make sense if he got into a rage with Mr. Borden and then went up and killed Abby. That would but it doesn't line up with the time yeah it, it all because doesn't add if, up though it's like the wife was killed first so yeah. or he wasn't home yet though his dad wasn't home yet that's true so he would have had to stick around in the house after mm-hmm. he just killed someone in my opinion if you just kill someone out of a rage you'd be like oh crap and leave <laughs> oh crap <laughs> not be like calculated like yes i will wait in the basement till father comes home and finish uh, the job like no one will find me here and then like doesn't kill lizzie or the maid yeah it's all just weird maybe he was someone that lizzie hired perhaps perhaps i also thought of that but it's like did she even know about him mm-hmm. well enough to contact him I mean, at that they were like they did know about each other supposedly like they all knew mm-hmm but well enough to be, like, to know for a fact he'd probably kill your dad for you. And then, like, he didn't get any money. No. Like, the uncle makes more sense to me. It really does. Especially if he was their attorney. hmm Attorneys make way good money. I don't know how it was back then, though. I don't know. They probably still still did good. Probably. Know. He was a hitman, technically. Hitman get paid really I well. Still, I still think it was John. The ghost told me so. The ghost says, it what's John? Seriously, it's so scary. We should link it in the show notes so people can watch that episode if they want. It was good, yeah. It was really good. Well, that's all we have this week for Lizzie Borden. We could seriously go on and on and on about um, all the speculations in this case, but that's pretty much the gist of it yeah. and our theories. Again, I, I think it was John. Yeah, I'm going to say it was, I don't know, for certain... all was involved but i think it was lizzie john and emma i think so as well i think they were all at least involved Mm -hmm. at the very least yeah anyways (sighs) thanks for joining us this week everyone i had a great time i am a little sleepy though so hopefully the energy in this episode isn't too bad (laughs) i'm also tired i yawned who knows how many times (laughs) i have no idea what the episode is going to be next week so you're just going to have to stick around and find out (laughs) it'll be fun It'll be very good. I I seriously have no idea what it will be. Me neither. I think I leave this job next week and then I start when you So I wonder if eventually we're going to have to change when we upload. Based on our new schedules, I'm also leaving this job in the beginning of June, like the second week of June. hmm So it might be a little different, but that's okay. We'll still be here, friends. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. We have a whole list we have to go through and I keep oh, adding. Yeah. I say, oh I need to put this on the list. <laughs> <laughs> write that down, write that down, write that down. Alright, thank you so much everyone for listening. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Mm-hmm. Stay spooky. Grab your heating pads. Yes, ma'am. Goodbye. Bye bye.